0: you and tired of the financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. I'm Laura Lewis. I'm here with Scott Smith. How are you, Scott?
2: I'm doing good. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great.
2: What did Um, you have in mind on this episode? (laughs)
1: Well, our last episode, we did a quick overview of the whole Financial Freedom Act, and I know we have a couple of new listeners who are just joining us halfway through, and I wanted to also do the same thing for Banking 2.0, just so we can have one main spot. I know we've broken it up into several episodes before, but I think it would be fun to do that today.
2: Banking 2.0.
1: Yes. (laughs) How would you characterize it? Let's start there.
2: Well, okay, so the reason for it. There's two big drags on um, sources of friction for your standard of living, two big drags on the economy. And one is taxes, which we took care of that yesterday, You know, bringing taxes down to a quarter of 1%. That's a big reduction. The other big drag is the cost of finance. So if you can eliminate the need for interest, which Banking 2.0 does, and we can explain why, that would cut. A mortgage payment in half cut a student loan payment in half cut your credit card payments way down and if you look at that cost of interest not just for you in home ownership it goes to the owner of an apartment building who passes the rent on to you and it also goes into cost of manufacturing goods and services that component of interest is a major cost to doing business and even on the government side it's Somewhere twelve to fifteen percent, the cost of our budget is you know comes to interest payments on the debt. So that's banking two point removes the second biggest tax that you pay without realizing you're paying it, and that is the cost of interest.
1: I think when we discussed it in different episodes, that it, it was so broken up into smaller parts that hearing it like that is a little bit more impactful. I know that. When we discussed the Financial Freedom Act, one of the most powerful parts was how much we were going to cut down on the tax burden. And that would be absolutely life-changing for me, just on that end. And so now we were talking about a different reduction and a different type of like quiet tax. So what mm-hmm. would Good the way, reduction way. of costs the financial services be under Banking
2: 2.0? Okay, so I was talking to some people from the um, multifamily the lobby People own apartments have their own lobby in Washington. And they were breaking down the cost of an apartment. And a third of it comes from interest like this. Another third of it comes from the various taxes that the government imposes. So in other words, two-thirds of the rent you pay is to support the cost of finance and the cost of taxation. So if you played it right, and I'm not saying people would play it Right. <laughs> If you played it right, you could reduce the cost of rent to about a third of what it is. And same thing goes into housing. So really, you know, there's if you look at the economy, there's the cost of labor. I mean, that's how we get paid, though. So you're not going to be able to eliminate that. That's what automation does. AI is it it may reduce that. We may be able to be producing twice as much um, with the same amount of labor. So technology helps us in that area. But then there's Raw materials, natural resources, those are fixed by nature, you know. Right. But then we've got these two other areas, which is taxation and the cost of finance. And we create those, you know, with a stroke of a pen at Congress, you know, those we can do something about. And it's just ironic that those two pieces represent maybe two-thirds of the total cost of doing business and, and consumption. So that's something we can easily do about something about we, you know, what to do for new sources of energy and all that, that's always going to remain an issue. You can't change that through an act of Congress, but you can change this through an act of Congress.
1: Right. <laughs> this is
2: in so our power. <laughs> yeah. So the way banking 2.0 works, it's, it's not like you pass this law and say to banks, you can no longer charge interest because under the current system, they go out of business. Okay. Right. But under Banking 2.0, you reverse the relationship between the Federal Reserve and the member bank. So today, member banks own the Federal Reserve. The way it really should be is we, the people, should own the Federal Reserve. It should be another agency within the government owned by the people and for the people. The Federal Reserve has the power, the capacity, and it does it all the time to create money out of thin air. So under Banking 2.0, your deposit doesn't stay at Chase Bank, you know, at Wells Fargo. It goes right into the Federal Reserve. So for safekeeping, your money is at the Fed. And when you want it back, they regenerate it because they create money every day out of thin air. So your money disappears into the black hole of the Federal Reserve to be regenerated when you want it back. And you don't get paid interest on that anymore. And so now the banks are not using your money for their investments in their loans. Instead, the bank goes to the Fed and says, we have a qualified loan. We have a qualified investment. We need this money. And the Fed creates the money with no interest again, just creates it out of thin air with no interest, gives it to that bank and the bank then lends it out. And it doesn't have a cost of funds anymore, you know. And so it lends it out at no cost of funds. So it makes its money off of an origination fee. And I was a lender throughout the 90s. I ran the whole business and we made our money off of the origination fee. You can lend all the money you need and just earn the money of an origination fee. The other fee they earn is the servicing fee. And so as a servicer, they're just managing those loans, collecting the money, foreclosing if they have to. And there's a servicing fee. It's around a quarter point a year. Those are the only cost to borrowing under that. The system already survives off of servicing fees and origination fees. So we can do that. Right. Our banks today have a cost of funds. And so if we switch to Banking 2.0, they don't have a cost of funds anymore. That's something we can legislate. That's something we can decide. We created money. You know, as humans, we created that. We don't create Water, we don't create air, we don't create soil, we're at the right. mercy of nature on all of that. But money, we created that, and so we don't need to have an interest rate to do that. And it is not, I think, in another episode, you asked me, like, doesn't borrowing just become this fantasy land of willy nilly borrow all the money you, you want? It's not, <laughs> not, not at all, you still have the same regulations. On qualifying for a loan, In I years.
1: think that's where I was getting hung up because it's like, okay, it's interest free. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much opportunity, and I'm like, well, that's a no brainer. I would just borrow a ton of money that I don't plan to pay yeah. back because you know whatever the case. And I'm like, well, what's stopping us from doing that? And you explained so, it so
2: well. So it's borrowing ratios. Today, you can borrow for a home loan, and the payment can be up to a third of the co- of your income. So if you get rid of interest, now it's only up to a sixth of your income. But you see, the beautiful part about that is the cost of your housing is now a sixth of your income, not a third. And right. that's a big difference. You know, you know if you're paying 4,000 a month for a mortgage right now, you'd be paying 2,000. You know, if you're paying 2,000, you'd be paying 1,000. Same would go right. for rent. So it's just, you're using financial technology to make it cheaper to have your own housing. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. It's, it's what we should be doing. And we can do that. And just yeah, to, I think
1: just, that's just what needs to be done.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, for listeners, um, they don't know me. They, they don't know the conversations I've had with other people. But I have discussed Banking 2.0 with a Fed president. So there's 12 Federal Reserve banks. They each have a president. And then there's a director. And so not to name names, to put anyone on the spot. One of the Fed presidents read my book and we spent an hour talking about it. And he said, I get chills because we could do this. We really could do this. What he also liked about it is it opens the doors to banks doing a wider variety of activities. You see, Mm -hmm. if they're getting their money from the Fed and the amount of money they get from the Fed is not tied to their deposit base at all. It's only tied to the quality and the qualification of whatever the customers are that need to borrow, you know, or where they're investing. The Fed is no longer, the, the bank is no longer putting your deposit at risk. Right. It's using Fed money. And, you know, you, you have the same penalties. If, if they start losing money and they write bad loans, you shut them down. But now when you shut them down, there's no bank run. You know?
1: <laughs> right. You
2: have the too big to fail or a consequence to fail. It's just, nope, you're out of business. So that's right. that's a beautiful thing. But they can also begin to make community loans, infrastructure loans. They can make venture capital loans. Banks can engage in a much wider range of business under Banking 2.0. And historically, go all the way back to four, 15, 1600s. You had the Medici banks, a family in Italy. Really, a lot of people say they started modern banking hundreds of years ago. They made venture capital loans all the time. You, a bank can't do that today. And so right. this opens the door to a wider range of banking. It also opens the door to our banks becoming the preeminent international financiers, which would really make our country strong. Because that, the Fed can generate the money necessary to do any sort of project overseas. And, we, and our banking system and our nation can actually make some money off of that. You know, it's not like we're handing the money out, but he, he'd be, we'd be competing with china and some of the other countries primarily china's taking the large amount of cash they have investing it in to third world nations well we're we're in a better position to do that than they are <laughs> because
1: yeah and i think that's that. what would make it
2: more powerful oh absolutely it would be a huge strategic advantage for our nation to do something like that and the money would not be coming out of the pocket of the taxpayers today right Today, you get people who are saying, Wait, why, why should government funds go to help these other nations? It's coming out of my pocket. You can understand the resentment of that. But this right. would no longer be coming out of people's pocket. We'd be getting a benefit just because we happen to be a citizen of the United States and part of our banking system. <laughs> it's possible you could generate Fed dividends off of the total money being made, and that could be passed on to people. I mean, we've got a long ways to go to get to that, but it's possible. That's
1: but the structure is there for it if it the,
2: if it did happen. That's right. Banking 2.0 provides the blueprint to being able to do that.
1: And I know just for our new listeners, uh, we were talking about Scott's book. It is called A Tale of Two Economies. And if you look that up, it is available everywhere. But just make sure you you type in Scott Smith. I think there's um, a couple okay. of Scott Smiths. So
2: <laughs> just, two, that's two, the one. That's right. There's two tales of... Two economies,
0: and the other, the,
2: uh, another economist wrote one called well, "The Tale of Two Economies," and he, it's a great book. You should buy them both. <laughs> His book outlines the difference of uh, how Hong Kong and Cuba have evolved; their economies evolved over the last thirty years, because fifty years, I believe. Because, yeah, fifty years—great experiment. You know, one was a communist approach to the economy and the other was a pure capitalist. And the difference between those economies is, is remarkable. In my tale of two economies, I'm illustrating the two economies I'm talking about are the monetary economy and the material economy and how they interrelate. And so um, the two books actually go together very nicely. Neither of us knew each other or planned it that way. <laughs> but it just worked out. Yeah, it worked out that way. So there's two books called A Tale of Two Economies, and they're both on Amazon. And the one by Scott Smith is the one that talks about Banking 2.0 and the Financial Freedom Act.
1: Awesome. And I think that's available on the website as well if you guys pop on there.
2: Yes.
1: Um, you'll you'll see that
2: on there as well. So any questions that people have, obviously we have at the bottom of the podcast website there is a button where you can speak your mind and ask your questions. You don't even have to type them.
1: <laughs>
2: we get those questions and we incorporate your ideas and your thoughts in, in, in our episodes. So feel free to speak up, ask any questions about the proposal. Um, but the whole purpose of this po- podcast is to paint a picture of the way our economy could be just through some legislative changes to take advantage of the technologies that we've developed.
1: So. Right, and like we talked about in the last episode as well, the only way that these things can happen is if we get the word out there and that's mm-hmm. what will make it grow. So we hope that you guys are listening and you're loving what you're hearing and we just want to encourage everybody to share this. Uh,
2: it's up to you to spread the word. <laughs> right now, we're unknown. These are great ideas, but they can catch on. Um, the excitement you feel about it, the mystery you feel like, why are we not doing this? Let's get everyone asking that question and then we can do it.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, thank you everyone.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes, We'll win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to fiscalfitnessandfreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint to discovering your own unique formula to personal success. And join us on the next episode.